1: hey
2: it's kevin hart in this basketball season chase freedom unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets plus tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while i enjoy the game Find your i appreciate the support people keep that pretzel this'll never get old use more napkins okay this is starting to get old say the tagline cash back like a pro with chase freedom unlimited chase make more of what's yours
3: Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.
4: Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create.
3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
6: Hello, everybody. What's up? It's me, Jason McIntyre here. Straight Fire. Wednesday, December 9th. The winter season is in full swing. We went out and saw some Christmas lights out here in Los Angeles on Tuesday, watched the Cowboys and Ravens. Nice little cover for the best bet. But the big story today is what's happening later in the podcast. I had a tremendous interview. And, you know, Rob G can attest to this. We've done some pretty awesome interviews. I loved the one last week with the comedian. Uh, We've done some other real powerful ones that got past, you know, the usual just sports stuff. TJ Hushmanzada, a guy I've known now for I don't know, three or four years working with him at FS1 and on the radio. We had a powerful conversation, and man, this guy is super interesting. And even if you're like, oh, is that the dude with the ponytail who was on my fantasy team like a decade ago? Yeah, that's him. You got to hear his story, man. It, it, it's tremendous. The upbringing that he overcame is pretty incredible. He's an easy guy to root for, super cool and chill. Uh, and he talks about claiming that he's the greatest dominoes player in America, and, you know, we talk about our battles and dominance, but we'll get to that later. Uh, let's quickly start the show. As always, remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, don't know yet if we'll do a Christmas giveaway. I did pick up a winner in the best bet. Remember, the best bet was hot in September, October. I'm just giving away money. Um, I think we'll do one in December. I think this is the week I get hot and we give away some money next week. Obviously... Uh, The way to do that is the five-star review on iTunes and the comment winners get paid in the Escalade. Let's get to the Cowboys who got rolled, just drilled by the Ravens, 34-17. Not really an interesting game. Baltimore rushed for 294 yards. You know, Gus the Bus, Dobbins, Lamar. They had three guys. Each have a carry of over 30 yards. I mean, they just got whatever they wanted. That early interception by Lamar, you know, he's probably not 100% back from COVID. I'd say he's like 80, 85. Um, certainly looked it on the touchdown run. But that like, that, t- that pass that was picked off early g- gave Dallas three free points. Um, guys, Lamar Jackson, just, <laughs> he's just not really delivering with the passes. only threw 17 times, 107 yards. I think Harbaugh had seen enough early. It was like, let's just run the football. Let's just make this easy. Um, and probably the biggest story of this game was what happened in before the game. Des Bryant had an inconclusive COVID test earlier in the day. Then he had an... And then the NFL just let him go about the pregame warm-up I, uh, in the locker room on the field, dapping up Cowboys that he knew from his time in Dallas. And then he takes another test before the game, and it comes out positive. And they pulled him. And Des Bryant flipped out on social media, said he's retiring, lets everybody drink some wine. And... The NFL needs to get this together. We're in week 13, and you're letting a guy with an inconclusive test go through warmups. Like, what is that? It's just a little disappointing from the NFL. Listen, inconclusive test means, yo, chill on the sideline. Warm up by yourself. Don't go talk to anybody. We don't know if you've got it. You know? Uh, NFL's got to do better than that. Um, And the Dallas Cowboys have to do better. Now, you guys know how I feel about the primetime games. When you're on those... Island games that everybody's watching. If you perform extremely well as Baltimore did, the market is going to be inflated for you the next week. Cause everybody who's gambling, the common gambler is going to go out and bet the team they just last saw probably Baltimore, but Baltimore plays Cleveland. Remember huge rematch in Ohio. I think there's going to be fans there. I'm not certain. Um, the one thing that jumps out at me is Cleveland was also extremely impressive in going out to a 38-7 lead against Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee ended up coming back, but Cleveland won that. And it's Cleveland-Baltimore. And um, let's see what happens with this Browns secondary. Are they going to get Denzel Ward back? Um, I don't think Harrison's coming back, which obviously stinks. But again, this is going to all be about the run. Can Cleveland stop lamar and Dobbins, I would assume Ingram's going to be back. Gus the bus. It's going to be a 40-carry game for the Ravens because I don't think anybody trusts Lamar Jackson through the air. And the other question is, you know, is Baker Mayfield for real? You know, five games now straight without a turnover? Best stretch of his career? Coming off what I think many would say is the best game he's ever played? So I, I would just say let's not judge the Ravens on a Monday night win. Or sorry, Tuesday night win against the Dallas Cowboys a bottom feeder, let's wait and reserve judgment for what happens on Monday Night Football. Um, I do want to say one thing that I noticed. Baltimore, usually awesome in special teams, top five seemingly every year. Not only did Justin Tucker, Mr. Automatic, miss from inside 40 yards. He had made 70 straight. But they also gave up a 65-yard return to the kid Pollard. Interesting to watch if Baltimore special teams doesn't have an edge. And the defense doesn't have an edge. And the offense we know doesn't have one. I don't know. Cleveland could be a live underdog in this. So that's that's probably the game of the week. There's a couple other good ones. Miami-Kansas City is awesome. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good week ahead. I think Minnesota-Tampa is a really good game. Pittsburgh-Buffalo. like There's some really high-profile games uh, in the week ahead. Now that we put this game behind us, I just quickly want to touch on
0: Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Deep Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours.
3: Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.
4: What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X, and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business.
3: $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit dot com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand.
1: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com, that's angi.com or download the app today. It is a four
6: alarm dumpster fire and oddly Rob G and I, I think we're on opposite sides here. Um, first of all, I want to be clear. Rob, you're with me in that Houston, under no circumstances, should try to keep James Harden. This seems like a totally losing bet. It's only going to fester and get worse. If he's partying with the baby in multiple cities, I heard, not just Atlanta. He's like going around partying and saying, I'm going to be late for training camp. And, and now saying like, hey, I, I don't just need to go to Brooklyn. Send me anywhere. I want to get the hell out. Houston should not mess around here. And there's a lot of guys, Rob, on social media coming to me saying, hey, Jay, they need to just keep him. They're not getting great players in return. And no, no, no. That is terrible. That is an awful idea. We've seen this blow up. Anthony Davis and the Pels last year. What a nightmare. Sorry, two years ago. What a nightmare that was. You know, if a superstar wants out, you make the deal as quickly as possible. Now, obviously, you know, if there's five years left on the deal, Carl Anthony Towns does it or something. That's a different story. And I, But I don't want to hear Harden has two and the player option. He wants out now, okay? The coach is gone. The GM is gone. Russell Westbrook's gone. Harden wants out. He's 32. His window's dwindling. Trade him. Get him the hell out of there. Do you want to be a laughing stock? Houston is headed that way. I mean, now, I think where Rob and I disagree is where they we think he should go. Um I say you get whatever the hell you can. I don't care if it's Sacramento. Now, I would know Sacramento's not going to trade for him, but Rob is pushing the—I'll uh, let you push your angle, Rob. Go for it.
7: Well, first off, I don't think you should just trade him just to trade him. I, I totally disagree with that. I think that um, if it's not a trade that you think is going to give you some kind of value, which, again, I've told you on this podcast, told you off the air, I've told you in text messages, I don't think the Nets have anything that's worthwhile if I'm Houston. And that is why I've been saying for the last month, the only two teams that make sense to me for a James Harden trade would be the Philadelphia 76ers, because they got Simmons and Embiid, and they can break up one of those, and the Golden State Warriors, because they have James Wiseman, they got a contract with Wiggins, and they have what I think is the best asset of everything, that lightly protected Minnesota Timberwolves pick next season.
6: I don't think that the Warriors would give that up for Harden.
7: I mean, now here, the question becomes,
6: you know, James Harden was an awesome alpha, Rob. 35 points a game, whatever it was, carried Houston. But the postseason meltdowns were consistent. It was against the Spurs. It was against, I know, the great Warrior team, and then the great Warrior team again. Um, And then the Laker-LeBron team that ended up winning the title. But this is not a guy who, in my opinion, is worth all that. I'm not giving up an amazing pick for a 32-year-old who's a ball-dominant guy. Again, if I'm Boston, if I'm Golden State, I don't know that I want James Harden. I know that's going to sound crazy. It really is. But, like, Rob, on some level, don't you have to think of how his mindset and his lack of defense and his demeanor and his history, don't you have to factor that in? Why would Steph Curry want to play
7: with James Harden? Because if I'm Steph Curry... And even before they lost Klay Thompson, I'm trying to maximize my championship window. The Lakers are here. They are the favorites. Mm. The uh, the Denver Nuggets aren't going anywhere. The Pelicans, I think, in two or three years are going to be really good. And Luka Doncic is probably the biggest threat to their their reign, period. Because I think that in two or three years, it's going to be his NBA. So if you're Golden State, and specifically Steph Curry, he I'm sure he still thinks he can win a championship. And if they're going to push all in, I'd want them to do that. I I don't Mm -hmm. care about, I mean, I'm sure James Wiseman is going to be good. I don't think he's going to help them anytime soon. I don't think whoever they draft next year with that Minnesota pick is going to help them win a championship. That's for the post-Steph Curry era. So Mm -hmm. if I'm Steph, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I think with the roster that they currently have, they have enough to compete. So I would love to have James Harden if I'm Steph Curry. The backcourt of Harden. And Steph Curry
6: probably couldn't guard you and I in a two on two. No, no, I'm not going to go over. Well, we got right, just second against I, you've seen <laughs> against it. the Lakers. Um, they won't struggle because the Lakers aren't loaded at guard. But against uh, don't laugh, Portland, they're going to struggle. Um, Dame and CJ are going to eat, and uh, I, I, I don't. I, I well, just. We're,
7: or were they going to be much better if they didn't make the trade? Because now that Clay's out, who does it matter at this point? Okay,
6: so yeah, let me make the case. I, I actually think Golden State is kind of a sleeper. When you look at Bazemore on the wing, when you look at Kelly Oubre on the wing, you look at the kid wanna maker they picked up. And I know these aren't names that are, are household names, but when you just look at their length defensively, they will be able to give some problems. Some to wings like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, Luka Doncic, um, to a much lesser extent LeBron. I I just think their length, when you factor in Draymond, and we'll see what Wiseman is, I don't know, he has COVID right now, um, I I think they could be a sneaky good team. Now, I did see one projection that said they were going to be a 31-win team, according to some analytics. Because guys like Oubre and Wiggins are, are, are not really great players. Um, and historically, they're not even very good players. But I'm probably looking at this overly optimistic. I think this team can sneaky be good. Let me ask you. Uh, I, I don't want to go too off tangent. You said the Denver Nuggets. Um, if you think back to the, what was it, game five or the first round, Mike Conley gets a look for the win that goes in and out. That shot goes down. Is anybody talking about the Denver Nuggets at this point? It's like, and I, I know they got they got through and they beat the Clippers, and I get that. But if you just go back and look at the end of that game, how crazy it was, and the luck involved with Conley's shot popping out, it was like, oh, my gosh. I don't want to say that this is another Portland situation. Remember, two years ago, Portland goes to the conference finals. Okay? Did they get a little lucky to get there? Maybe. Uh But they got to the conference finals. They got waxed. Everybody was high on them the next year. What happened? Uh, Injuries happened, and they ended up getting the eighth seed. And they got bounced fairly easily by the Lakers. It's easy to get optimistic about Denver, but I can see this team easily being the seventh or eighth seed and losing in the first round next year. Like, there's some talent there, but... All right, I've said enough on the Denver Nuggets. Did did that change your mind on the Nuggets at all, by the way?
7: Uh, I mean, a little bit. I mean, with the Western Conference, it's not necessarily about the specific teams. It's that there's no easy path in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. You know, I think anywhere from two to six is probably interchangeable, depending on who you like and who you don't like. And that's why, again, if I'm Golden State, they, with, if they make a move like that, I'm not saying they're going to get James Harden. I, I really don't think Houston would do it. But if they were, they're instantly, at worst, the second best team in the West, immediately. So I don't know why you wouldn't. You you would put them ahead of the Clips. Oh hell yeah, huh? Just in chemistry, chemistry alone, it, it, like the 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 Steph Curry, Draymond Green, you know, tandem. I know they're counting Clay. Those two alone have a better fit together than anything the Clippers have. The Clippers have a collection of guys, and I think it's gonna blow up in their face again.
6: Okay. Let me go to the Nets where we think James Harden probably ends up, okay? Everybody's saying, well, I don't like the package you're getting in Dinwiddie and Levert. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie averaged 20 points a game last year and six assists. Karis Levert, who's had some history of injuries, 18 points, four rebounds, four assists. You put those guys together, that's 38, 39 points a game. And I'm not saying that combined they're better than Harden. But just those two alone, and then you toss in the center, Jared Allen, a promising young seven-footer, he's like 22 years old. I I just don't see how that's not a good trade. Like, are you getting excited for those guys? No, probably not. Is the fan base pumped and buying jerseys for them? No, I get that. But when you're looking at John Wall, a couple tough wings, a big center, uh, Eric Gordon, I can see this being a seven seed in the West. And I know it's not sexy and it's not a team that's going to throw a scare into anybody, but think about it. Chris Paul and OKC uh, were a bunch of guys last year, right? And and they nearly got out of the first round. So it's weird, Rob, like this idea of being in the middle is the worst, but tell me that Portland is in a bad spot. They go to the playoffs every year. They generate that postseason revenue, which uh, every team wants. Uh, and they're winning like 50 games. Like, not everybody's going to win a title. Like, if you can give me 45 to 50 wins and a playoff appearance for seven or eight straight years, I'm going to take it. Because I got to think back. When was the last time the Rockets won a title? Like, 20 plus years ago with Elijah one? Like, this idea that every single team is going to win a title. I mean, Rob, we got to be realistic. That's just not the reality, you know? Uh, Toronto was a total, total outlier. I mean, LeBron went down. Uh, the Warriors, they went down. Like, I, I, I'm rambling here. I don't know. C- c- I'm just curious what you think about this Nets deal.
7: I hate it. I told you that before. I mean, like you mentioned Kar- I mean, Karis LeVert. I like Karis LeVert a lot. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player. Spencer Dinwiddie has a player option for 2021, 2022, which he's going to opt out of and ask for a bigger money. So you go from Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert making 27 to those two guys making about forty-two or something stupid like that, like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense for you to pay for two guys who are never going to be all-stars. I I definitely don't think that that those two and what they currently have is good enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference in the East, yeah, but definitely not in the West. And so then you're stuck picking at 15, 19, 22 mm-hmm. and then you're perpetually in this in this location. And unless you have a savvy GM like a Daryl Morey, who is not there anymore, who's (laughs) able to flip all those assets on some schmuck and give give you a James Harden kind of player, you're you're stuck in no man's land. You either want to bottom out and get a high draft pick or get a guy from Philadelphia who's 6'10 and he's 25 and he can probably take you to another level. His name's Ben Simmons. I, I don't understand why you would take the Nets offer.
6: Does Ben Simmons get you to the playoffs if you're Houston?
7: But he gives you something to build around. No, he does not. But he gives you to something to build around.
6: Yeah, I guess, the, the, uh, you know, I'll wrap up on this. When I moved out here to L.A., you know, I go to the gym and I met some people. And I know some people in the Ben Simmons circle. And I'm a fan of Ben Simmons. I, I like I like the guy. I don't want to wish Houston upon Ben Simmons. I'm sorry. Like, he's in Philly. He's like a king there with, with Embiid. He's loving life. Um, he's out here basically all summer in L.A. And I'm a Ben Simmons fan, and I just feel like you go to Houston, he's going to be totally irrelevant. I think like Philly could be sneaky and shock some people in the East. Um, East is kind of wide open. He ain't doing anything in the West. I mean, I don't know if he's a playoff team in Houston. So I'm. I, it's that's where I got to remove the emotion from it. I'll let it marinate a little bit more. But uh, it's time to get to our guest. Um, You guys know him from the NFL. He's got the ponytail. You can't spell his last name. Hushman Zada, boys with Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco. Let's talk to him now.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
3: $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit dot com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian premium
1: cocktails on demand. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd.
0: Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
1: I know
2: what sports fans want.
0: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does.
2: Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
6: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I've known for a few years now uh, from dealing with him at FS1. He's always funny, quick-witted. Obviously, I did not know this. He led the NFL in receptions back in 2007, T.J. Hoosh Manzada. What's up, Hoosh?
5: Man, Jason, what's going on, brother?
6: You know, I'm just uh, trying to enjoy life here. A little midweek siesta. And uh, I figured I got a lot of NFL questions to ask you. It's been a wacky year, man. It's it's just crazy NFL happenings. Obviously, we'll just start with the big news that's happening today. Carson Wentz officially has been benched. Um, Jalen Hurts taking over. Hoosh, I got to ask you, you played with a, a star in Carson Palmer um, you know, big time guy won a Heisman, uh, nearly won an MVP in the NFL. Have you ever had a situation where the franchise guy got benched for the rookie backup?
5: Oh, never. I mean, we we know this. This is a rarity. This is an anomaly. We don't. You don't see this in the league. Yeah. And the reason you don't see it is because one the superstar is making way too much money and they don't want that money on the sidelines. And so they kind of just ride it out. Yeah. Um, but I think what was going on here is the Eagles feel like if they can just be competent offensively, they still have a chance to win a division. And so, and one, they want, and I, and I said this three weeks ago, I said this three weeks ago and everybody's now saying it, um, so I realize people like what I say; they just don't give me credit for saying it. Is if if I'm the Eagles, I I try to trade them to the Colts. I said it the Colts three weeks ago. He had his best success with Frank Reich, or at least everybody were they were giving Frank Reich that credit. Mm-hmm. Trade them to the Colts. Philip Rivers, the aging quarterback, he's probably done after this year. You get some assets. That's if hmm. Jalen Hurts can show you he can be something. And if he doesn't, well, guess what? you're still going to probably pick in the top six or seven of the draft, and you should be able to get another franchise quarterback and see if you can put a team together with a quarterback that's making very little on a rookie contract and put the guys around him, whether that's Jalen Hurts or someone else. But yeah, we don't see this often yeah. because normally that franchise quarterback doesn't play as poorly as um, Carson Wentz has played either.
6: I'm just trying to take the audience into that locker room, okay? Guy's making like 30, does he it? $30 million? Some obscene amount of money. He signed money. a four-year, $128 million <sighs> extension. Jeez. Uh, I want to remind everybody, Carson Wentz has never won a playoff game. Uh, everybody knows the Eagles won a Super Bowl with Foles. But, like, as a receiver, what can you even say to a guy, to your quarterback, when he's going through a low point like that? Like, what can you possibly say to pick him up at all?
5: To be honest with you, it depends on how you feel about him. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't feel much about him, you don't say anything. But if he's your partner and your boy, and you don't agree with him not starting, you, straight, you be straight up with him, and you just come up to him and be like, bro, this is some straight BS, bro. I got your back. I'm with you. Um, hopefully you get another shot. I played a part in this. My bad. Um, but if you don't care for him, you don't say a word. So it really depends on how you feel about the QB, to be honest with
6: you. All right, so everybody knows TJ Huchmanzada, Bengals receiver. Uh, he was probably on your fantasy team back in the day. He's got the long ponytail very cool. But, Hoosh, I was just reading up on your background. I want to go to your high school career. Uh, every, nobody knows really what had happened there. From How does T.J. Houshmanzada go from high school guy who dropped out of high school, becomes a star at the junior college level, then pops at Oregon. Like, take us through the path of T.J. Houshmanzada in high school. Uh, were you a star receiver, and, uh, and what when it ended up happening? Well, in high school, I was a running back. Oh, I played I played running back in high school.
5: Um, I was not a star even though I thought I was a star. I thought I was the best guy on the team, but I'm not sure the coaches thought I was. Um, I had a pretty good year. We went undefeated. My last year, I only played one year of football in my life, and that was my last year in high school. Um, but we went undefeated. We were one of the better teams in the state of California, but you know, I played high school football in Barstow. And did not go to school. I missed my entire sophomore year, part of my junior year, and obviously half of my senior year because when grades came out, I was ineligible. I was on a basketball team. So if I couldn't play sports, uh, why am I going to school? That was my mentality. Oh, man. And so I just dropped out. I was I was just in the streets too much hustling and um, too tired to get up for school. I went to school every day, Jason. It was just fifth period after lunch. <laughs> so Wow. Yeah, fifth period. So no lie, this is a true story. My senior year, I had an H- a, a in history because that was fifth period. Okay. And then I got an A in football because that was sixth period. And that was it. Everything else was an F because I wasn't going to school.
6: Wow. So what, how did your parents
5: take that? Were they, well, I mean, well I've, never met, I've never met my dad. It was my mom. And like I, to be honest with you, Jason, from the time I was uh, 13 years old, I kind of was doing whatever I wanted to do. So mm. I came in when I wanted to come in. I left when I wanted to leave. I was basically a 13-year-old uh, thinking I was a grown man. I was just uh, – I was in the streets hustling.
6: Wow. You know, Antonio Brown had a similar situation. I'm sure you, you've read about him. Uh, his dad was like an arena league football player, and he was traveling a lot, and Antonio Brown had the run of the place, and he was never able to, you know, totally turn it around and, and get right. Obviously, he was great on the field, but, I mean, how did – at what point did you say, oh, man – I uh, you know, I got I, I gotta strap up if I want to become a, a football player here. I don't know, man. It
5: was it well, I do know, but to get to that point, like my best friend, he's still my best friend to this day. Um, he grew up with his mother and his father. Um, I was always at their house a lot. Mm-hmm. He was highly recruited. Um, did not pass the SAT, so he had to go to junior college. You know how they do you back then. In- yeah. It's a form of systemic racism back then, but we didn't realize that, you know, the inner city kids, they were not well equipped for the testing to get into college, and you don't realize it, but that's another story. So he went JUCO. He came down to I and I just followed him. We were together every day, and I'm like, damn, he's leaving. I'm pretty much at his house all the time because I grew up in the slums. We were on Section 8, people getting shot and killed in our house. We get kicked out move to another house, dice game. Somebody else gets shot and killed. We get kicked out. Um, So that's how I grew up. And, again, he had mom and dad in the house, both worked. So I started staying at his house my last year in high school a lot. He went JUCO, and I followed him because he was my partner. That was my dog. And he was a starting receiver. He broke his foot a couple weeks before the first game. The backup receiver got arrested. I was 13. Wow. And then, no lie, this is a true story. First play of the season, I bombed somebody for like 70-yard touchdown. First play. First play of the game. First play of the season. And I think the coaches were like, oh. And the crazy thing is the coaches didn't even want me to come. They tried to send me back home because um, I started growing my hair out. I didn't have nobody to cut my hair. So, at the time, I had the hair like you. And I started growing a ponytail. I started growing a ponytail, and this is the springtime, so my eyes were always watery, and the coaches thought I was always hot. And I'm like, Jason, to this day, I've never smoked anything a day in my life. I've never smoked weed. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never smoked a cigar, hookah, whatever you want. I've never smoked anything a day in my life. But they thought I was high every day, so they wanted to send me home. And I'm like, I don't even smoke. The whole team smokes but me, but y'all think I smoke. And luckily, it worked out. But after my first year, my junior college coach was like, I think you're going to get a scholarship to any school you want to go to. You might want to take this serious. Go get your GED. So after my first year at JUCO, I went and got my GED. And, uh, yeah, that's when wow. I started to take serious.
6: Wait, so how, let me just – oh, this smoking thing. Um, how did you, growing up in a rough area, avoid that when it was all around you all the time?
5: Because my mom was a crackhead. And – they drunk all the time and seeing people get shot and killed in your house and it was from drugs and drinking. And I'm like, I would never do this. I mean, like I said, I've sold weed. I've never tried it. All the majority of guys I played with on a collegiate level, college level, growing up, my buddies, they all smoke. Oh man. Everybody knows TJ don't smoke. They know it. And so I, I think it was just seeing the effect it had on family members and friends, mothers and fathers that I would just, I would never do a drug. I've never done a drug in my life ever. And you couldn't pay me to do a drug. And it's because of what I, the effect that I saw that it had on my family. Cause when my mother was clean, we lived a good life. Um, well, relatively a good life. You know, our lights weren't cut off. Our water wasn't turned off that type. That's a good life for me. Oh, man. And, and then when she would fall back, then we, we got kerosene Lamps in the house. We got candles in the house and um, one box of macaroni for me and my both of my brothers. We got to share that. And and so I saw what it did. And I was like, I would never, ever, ever do a drug. and And that's it's just stuck
0: with me.
6: Yeah, I remember you telling me, I think at FS One one day, how you would uh, you were buying houses for relatives. This is in recent years, and it was it just sounded like you were so proud and like happy that everybody was on the right path now. And you know, obviously, your success has greatly helped the family, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say houses plural, <laughs> I, um, but I I have bought homes for the people in my family, and still, I mean, they don't. I can't. I can't force somebody to be what I want them to be. I can try to help them. And if you show me that you're willing to meet me, and you don't even have to meet me halfway, just show me that you're willing to want a better life for yourself and your children, then I will help you get that. But if you show me that you're not, then it is what it is. I'm not gonna mortgage my future and my kids' future trying to help my family when y'all don't want help. Y'all want me to give you everything. And so, yeah, I bought them homes and and they still live in them. Run them down. They don't, they don't, my family, we come from nothing. And so they don't know, they don't appreciate nice things because we've never had nice things. And so I'm sure people see my family and be like, how is he letting them live like this? And he lives like that. But if they only knew they want to live like this. Right. Or they want me to continue to give them everything. And I'm not going to give you everything because I have a family and kids of my own that I want to give them a good start in life like I wish somebody had given me.
6: Yeah, and your daughter now at LSU, uh, you've done well for yourself, man. Uh, My dad has a saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Uh, Man,
5: I ain't never lie. Your daddy is right on
6: with yeah. that one. Yeah, he he listened, so he'll be happy that I brought that up. All right. Uh, so anyway, so let's fast forward. You get to Oregon State Corvallis, man. I've never been up there. What what the hell's Corvallis like? Had you ever been in that area before? Uh, you know, they started recruiting you.
5: No, never. It was. Uh, I had never been to Corvallis, Oregon. Um, I'll be honest with you. The first time I got to Corvallis, it was brutal, man. <laughs> I count rain for thirty three days in a row. <laughs> 33 days in a row and i was like oh my god like what am i doing here um it was bad because it just i wasn't used to the rain i'm a california kid right and it raining so much and when i was there we didn't have an indoor facility so we were conditioning outside Jeez. and the rain and it was bad um but it built us up man you know again i wasn't used to anything like that but it uh it was a fun time i'm not gonna lie yeah. I, once I got to college, though, again, like I wasn't a guy that smoked. I wasn't a guy that drank. And so for me, it was all football all the time. Yeah. And that was good for me because I knew I was going to eat every day good. I was going to eat well. <laughs> um, I was going to have the resources that if I if I used them and I applied them, that I had a chance. And that's what I did.
6: So you get to Oregon State. Dennis Erickson uh, was the coach and – uh, you know, I haven't read the backstory of how the hell he assembled his team, but it was basically the greatest team in the history of the or, the program. You guys won 11-1. and one, You murdered Notre Dame in a bowl game. Um, and, of course, you know, you had monster seasons there. You and Chad Johnson, you, so you guys uh, go back to Oregon State. Like, did you know that team? Was that loaded back then?
5: I did not. But what I did know is, so when I took my recruiting trip, I was a junior college All-American. I was the, the number one ranked player in the country in JUCO. But there were a lot of guys that I played against in junior college that were very—they're ranked very high. They were all All-Americans. We all kind of made a pack. We were all on the same recruiting trip. Like, man, let's come to Oregon State because, you know, we all California boys and let's beat up on SC. That was a saying. <laughs> um, because the majority of us probably wanted to go to SC and some could have and we decided not to. And so we came in with, I want to say it was like 15 JUCO kids and 10 of us were All-Americans. And and so, and the ones that didn't come to Oregon State, they went to Arizona State, they played in the league. It was, that was a good year of JUCO kids. And Coach Erickson, he just got the right mix of guys
6: that uh, filled in spots that were needed and we took off. So high school running back, JUCO touched out on the first play of the season. And then blowing up at Oregon State, and then it, I guess at that point it started to hit you like, oh, I can make some real money in the NFL. I can do this.
5: Yeah, I. I you know what happened though? When I was at junior college, we used to go one on ones with the DBs from uh, UCLA and USC, and I'm watching these guys on TV, but in workouts they can't cover me, <laughs> and so that gave me that gave me confidence. Um, but yes, once that senior year at Oregon State, when We started to do well. I believe everyone on the team and not just myself. Um, We all thought we had a legitimate chance of playing in the league. And luckily, I was one of the ones that got a chance and got that opportunity, um, got with the right team to give me that opportunity and was able to
6: carve something and make something out of myself. Is it weird that you ended up with Chad Johnson in Cincinnati? Or, I mean, by the way, are you guys still boys? I assume you're tight? Uh, Yeah, my dog, yeah. Um, and, and you guys were pretty damn good at, with the Bengals. Um, you know, Carson Palmer, the quarterback. Uh, you guys had some good runs in the NFL, right?
5: Yeah, we underachieved. When I look back on it, man, we truly, we underachieved. We had a fantastic offensive line, a fantastic quarterback, great running game. We could throw the ball. Defense was probably middle of the pack. If we did have a weakness of our teams, it was defensively. Um, but we just underachieved and Once I retired and I started watching guys like you more on TV and then I started to understand how organizations work and what makes them tick and not tick, I see why we underachieve. Um, But at the time, I'm looking like, dude, we got all this talent. Why are we not winning? Um, But you don't really understand. You just think we got the players. We're going to win. Yeah. But so much more that goes into that that starts at the top and being out of it now i see it and i'm saying like man if we could have done this this and this different we would have won but you don't realize that yeah. um when you're playing cuz we we left so much meat on the bone we underachieved to the point where it was like wow we we had a very talented team um i truly believe we should have won a super bowl and we didn't even win a playoff game oh geez
6: that's got to pain you um I noticed that, uh, you know, there's a couple of young receivers blowing up in this league. And, and when you look at the fast emergence of them, the kid Jefferson with Minnesota, I mean, just part of you think, man, uh, I caught a lot of passes back in the day. But shit, if I have come into the league now, the way, <laughs> the way these guys are getting targets, like I know the league changes a little bit. Um, I don't know your thoughts on like the receivers in 2020 um, as the league is kind of shifting toward very, very pass happy.
5: You know what's funny though, you know, a lot of the old players, oh man, in my time, you wouldn't have done none of this. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's that's what we're all supposed to do. Instead of just give credit where credit is due, man. Um, guys are coming into the league way more skilled mm. than they've ever been. They're they're the co- wide receiver is the most undercoached position in football. And I'm not talking the NFL, I'm talking in football college you don't learn much they don't have time to really teach you the little nuances of the position um but what is going on is with the explosion of social media guys are able to get with coaches um outside of college and start training at an earlier age and the skill level has increased um so that when they get to the league your receiver coach in the league there there's a handful of guys that are going to really teach you Maybe a handful. Maybe I'm being generous. They'll teach you the game of football, but they're not going to teach you how to be a better receiver. You got to learn that on your own. And guys are learning that on their own prior to them getting to the NFL, which increases their skill level. And that's what we're seeing. Guys are just way more skilled. Yeah, the rules are different. You can't touch guys. You can't hit guys. But even still, they're still coming in a lot more skilled than they came in even when I played.
6: So there are like specific coaches now at, at what, the high school level, middle school? I know you coach some young young athletes. I mean, what's the advice to work on for these young kids who want to be a receiver in the league?
5: Number one, first and foremost, and it's easy to say it, hard to do at all times, is you got to have self-belief, man. And I give a ton of analogies, Jason. I tell them, when we younger, Jason, and we go to the club, the prettiest girl in the club, she walk around, she knows she the prettiest girl in the club. Does <laughs> she not? Yeah. That's how you got to approach your craft, that like you're the prettiest girl in the club. Like I know everybody in here wants me. You have to approach how you feel about your game in that manner true, true self-belief and self-confidence, because you can have all the physical. If you don't have that self-belief, it doesn't matter. Um. But I've been training guys like I train. I trained Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, IU, T Higgins. Those are the guys I trained last year. And all of them are doing well. Yeah. And we work. You got to create separation and you work on your press releases. We work on that until we can't get it wrong. And that is the key to being a good receiver creating separation, beating press coverage. Now, you have to understand spacing you got to understand distance you got to understand what they're trying to do what you want to do so a lot goes into it and because of the quarantine or the pandemic that hit in March we were able to spend so much more time than we've ever had and so I was with these guys five days a week the quarantine hit we didn't stop training we're going five days a week Mm. normally been off in OTAs so I was able to spend a ton of time with them to get them ready what to expect talk through certain coverages, certain routes, how we run it against man, two man, cover two, cover three, quarters, cover six. So we're able to go through so many different situations that uh, they figured it out because you can, you can physically be good, but you got to understand when to do it, why to do it, how to do it versus each coverage. It's a
6: completely different dynamic. Let me ask you about Claypool because I got to be honest, like I have him in fantasy. I'm a huge fan of the guy and I feel like Pittsburgh underutilizes him. Like, I I don't know what the deal... I mean, maybe it's because they have an embarrassment of riches at receiver. But at some point, you got to realize, like, if you throw it up, Claypool's going to get it. And this jerking around at the goal line... uh, TJ, I don't know if you agree, but I think Claypool's underutilized in that offense. They
5: 100% underutilize him. He's the best receiver on that team. Let's just call it what it is. They do underutilize him. And this is the crazy thing about Claypool. We were training... I got text messages from that I sent to guys that work in the NFL front office. I sent these text messages, and I have proof of it. I said, Chase Claypool is a monster. He will be unstoppable in the league. Take my word for it. One guy sent me back a message and said, I'm not sure of that, TJ.
6: Oh, can you say what team? You don't have to say the name. What team?
5: I can't tell you that because they drafted a receiver. Oh, wait. At least tell me the division. I'm not gonna snoop around. Uh, I swear. No, nah, they. I'll just tell. They, I don't know. I won't tell you the division because you'll figure it out. They're in the AFC, oh my and they're God. in the AFC, and they played in cold weather. That's it. Bro, I'm leaving. Okay, I'll
6: just say this: the Jets had an option to draft Claypool, and I'm yelling about this for weeks because I watch a lot of Notre Dame. My buddy played soccer there. I watch a lot of. But Notre But this Dame. is the thing, though.
5: Him and Sam Darnold trained together. They
6: worked out together during the
5: pandemic because of what was going on. Jordan Palmer trained them, so he. They were out there with him. The and Jets
6: I, were up at, I think, 48. And they said we're gonna trade back, get another pick. And I think Claypool went at 49. And the Jets drafted but, Mims. And I'm just sitting there is, yelling, like, oh shit.
5: Jason, man. I said I said this kid is gonna be unstoppable. And literally I had people so every time Chase Claypool balls out, right? I send them a message. All I say is Chase Claypool. They send me back the finger. <laughs> because I try I tried it. I told them the same thing about Michael Pittman. I said Michael Pittman is going to play twelve years in the league. You can mark it down. Yeah. He'll play twelve years in the NFL. Same thing with T. Higgins. Brandon Ayuk is probably the most talented from an overall. He's a freak. Lateral, vertical, mm-hmm. but they were all really good. But Claypool was the guy that, because of his size and his speed, I was like, dude. You can't cover this guy, yeah. and I got text messages to prove it that yeah. I sent it out before okay. the draft, so it makes me feel good.
6: Humor me as a as a weekend warrior guy who likes to work out. You know, I talk a lot of shit about playing basketball and stuff. Um, what what's a workout like? Is it, is one of your workouts with them like three hours long? Is it all footwork?
1: No.
5: Um, so depending on when they work out with me, they've already they've done a the speed, so they're getting ready for the combine okay. and the pro days. So some days they've already done a speed workout or a weight room and a speed workout. Jeez. So that day for us is light <laughs> because I don't want to kill their legs and have them sore and tired for the next day. Right. So when they have an easy day in the weight room and on the uh, track running, that's when I go hard. And when they have a hard day is when I go easy. But again, we just do drills, getting out the top of our routes, um, then certain days will work releases. I'll teach them three, four different ways to do things. And I tell them all the time, one of these ways are going to work for you. You'll figure it out and I'll figure it out as well. But if I say this way works for you and it does not, and you feel it doesn't, we're going to find another way. Don't take my word for it because I'm not the one out there playing. And so I give them four or five different ways to do things. They figure out which way works. We perfect
6: it. Uh, everybody knows TJ Zada now has a radio show. He's transitioning. Are you guys following this career arc? I mean, what a life. NFL star receiver, won at college, now he's training pros, and he's a radio guy. I want to ask, how has the transition been for you to media here in the last few years, doing FS1 stuff and now a radio show at Fox Sports Radio with LeVar Arrington, another good dude, and Plaxico Burris, who I don't know as well?
5: Truly, I enjoy it. Um, honestly, I wish I could do it more, to be honest with you. Um, I I like the talk, Jason. I think you sense yes, that. Yes, I'm and, aware of that. Um, I love sports, though. That's the thing about me is I don't watch anything but sports unless my wife forces me to watch a TV show with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's all I do, man, is I watch sports and it's every sport except for hockey. I and I'll watch the hockey when it gets to the playoffs. Yeah. I watch every single sport. I'm a huge basketball fan. I love football. I love boxing. I love baseball. Like I love every sport. And so you come to my house, that's all I'm watching. Right. Whatever's on TV that's sports-wise, I'm going to watch it and so I read a ton on sports. Every sport that I just named, I read on it every day. Yeah. And so um I thought being in the media when I retired would be easy. And I would just transition, but boy, was I wrong! It was not easy, and it was not an easy transition. Um, hopefully, I can do this as long as I, as long as they let me. Um, but I truly enjoy it; I really do. It's you know, fun.
6: you listen—you've been out there with athletes. You know, there's some guys who don't put in any time, don't put in any work, and they just roll up and they think they can do it. And they think because they were an awesome athlete that automatically they're great on TV. I mean, TJ, you and I both know that ain't true for a lot of these guys. It's just
5: not- no and. You, you, it's a
6: fine line of
5: being a guy on TV that played, giving your opinion, and or stats. It, as athletes, we're on TV because they want our opinion mm-hmm. because of our experiences yeah. of playing. But sometimes you do have to give them some factual mm-hmm. statements to back up what you're saying. Yeah. It can't just be your opinion. So that's where some guys fall wrong at. They just always opinionated or they're always factual with stats yeah. it has to be a little bit of both um for me there's only one word that i like to use um and if you use if you're if you stay committed to this word i think you would have success is authenticity yeah and
6: if you can be authentic um you'll be fine yeah and and imagine the you know the former athletes have to have some stats imagine me a guy non-former athlete who's got to get up there and you know go toe to toe if you have if you will with some of these guys who have played, and I'll never forget TJ. Uh, I don't know if you ever met Chris Carter uh, at FS1, but like he yeah. he he's tough. You know, he he will immediately challenge you to see if you got it. Do you, how bad do you want it? And he pushed back hard on me, and I am not a guy that's ever going to back down from anybody. And I pushed back, and I came off, and you know, one guy who we both know we're not going to talk about was like, you can't do that, Jay. And everyone else was like, that was some good ass TV, Jay. That was good. Like, that's authentic. You're not pushing back. You're backed up and armed with stats. And Chris Carter's got his stuff. And Chris Carter's good. We know he's been at every network. Um, but you, there's a fine line between arguing, right, and having a healthy debate. Would you Would you agree with that? Yes. But one thing about me,
5: man, is um, send me that clip, too, with you and Chris mm-hmm. Carter. I don't think I would do that because I'm not one to – try to make you prove to me you know what you're yes, doing thank you <laughs> that's not my position it's the people that hired you that you've proven to them you deserve to be where mm-hmm. you're at so why am i going to now in turn make you prove it to me and so i pro i know for a fact i wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. um but chris carter he's his own man um but when you guys get in this position
6: you guys know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> you kind of have and to. Yeah, but
4: no, listen. You know I
6: applaud Chris Carter for doing that cuz it challenged me. If I had shrunk and been some big wuss, I'd like this guy's not built for it. He's not ready. Like But let's be honest. Yeah. When you got home, I'm sure you thought
5: like, "The fuck was that about?" Well, there was some and of that, like but you, you know. <laughs> I mean, you I I wouldn't have done it. Um, but that's me. I, I'm I think I'm a nice person, well, you but more than are. anything, I'm an understanding person. And I think that's better than being nice. You got to be understanding in how other people may may or may not feel. Um, but again, there's a lot of athletes because they were quote unquote really good. <laughs> they think they can act and treat people in these type of way, and that's not cool yeah. at all. Here's like,
4: why uh, uh, that's I know, not cool. Yeah,
6: I know TJ has a lot on his schedule. I'll get you out of here on this. So this is how you know TJ Hushbinsad is a nice guy. We're at the FS1 with the green room, avocado room, whatever it is. And and one day he tells me, I was like, what are you doing on your phone? And he's like, I'm playing dominoes. <laughs>
2: I said, oh, I'm
6: good at dominoes. I start talking shit because my family plays a lot of dominoes. And he goes, I'll kill you. I will take your money in dominoes. I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> and we start playing. And, you know, this was right before the pandemic, unfortunately, TJ. And we start playing and he wins some. And then I went on a streak and I started jaw jacking. And then he starts winning a bunch. And I think I was down like 40 bucks. So I don't remember exactly what it was, maybe 60 bucks. And then like the pandemic hit. And and I stopped playing and, like we kind of start dropped the game. Have you been still playing dominoes, TJ, on, on the app?
5: Jason, this is a true story, man. I retired <laughs> from the app because, oh. because I could really get no competition, man. Like oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> no lie. Look, random people started challenging me, right? I met this friend. He's from Texas. Um, he seen my he, – he challenged me, and he was beating me initially. And I told him, I said, oh, you done got happy? Now I'm going to play serious. <laughs> I literally beat him, like, 40 games in a row. Ooh. And I retired. Like, everybody that I played on Domino's, this goes for every single pro- – I got a winning record against him. I have a losing record against nobody. Oh, no. I might be the best domino player in the world. Oh, jeez.
6: I love I'm that. Like, uh, and and, and like, I love the ego. It's just like, you know, listen, <laughs> he's good. Wonderful. Now, what was the, what, what did we play? Fives and some, what was it? Fives and tens?
5: Twelve? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Okay, yeah. yeah. I haven't played in a while. I, I had uh, some friends there. I,
5: I think I stopped playing in like August of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stopped yeah. because just got, I was betting all my buddies. And I was winning all their money, and I felt
6: bad. Yeah, T.J. Great guy. Uh, You obviously listen to his radio show, LeVar Arrington, Hoosh, and Plaxico Burris, Saturdays. Was it 10 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern? 10 to 12 Pacific time, or 1 to
5: 3 Eastern. Yeah. Uh, Up on game. Y'all go download that thing. We coming on right after, hey, gets no better. You yeah. get straight fired, then you get put up <laughs> on game. You can't
6: beat it. Yeah, back-to-back, like Jordan, 96-97. All right, TJ, who's Back-to-back
5: bangers, yeah. you already know. like Back-to-back like the Warriors and like the Lakers going to be this year.
6: Who, yeah. <laughs> oh, By the way, who's
5: winning the Super Bowl? If I had to take a pick right now, I got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the most complete team, offensively and defensively. Uh, I got to, I got to roll with the Chiefs.
6: Impossible not to. All right, Hush enjoy it. Thanks for the time and uh, congrats on all your success, Jason. I appreciate any
5: time, baby. I got you. That went by real fast.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything, even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro. With Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours.
3: Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places.
1: The instant right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service.
3: An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this.